More and more, it looks like a half recession. The data itself has been positively schizophrenic in a way I don't think I've ever seen. I've been watching the economy very closely for going on three decades now. But essentially, we've got on the one side, Friday's payroll report for the month of January, stellar, sterling, blowout, huge numbers. Not only that, December's was revised substantially higher, too. So from the payroll perspective, the economy is like GDP booming. But at the same time, as I talked about in yesterday's video, the other labor market statistics were the exact opposite. It's not like they were just kind of different or a little bit off. The household survey continues to struggle over the last four months. And really going back to last year, the household survey is doing something completely different. Full-time jobs continue to be substantially lower. But even worse, talking about schizophrenic data, the establishment survey didn't agree with the establishment survey. So where the headline payroll surged, hours work tumbled in a way that we haven't seen outside of recession. It's schizophrenia. And that's not all. GDP versus GDI. GDP makes the economy look great. And while we didn't get the GDI update for the fourth quarter just yet, previous to that, going all the way back to 2022, GDI says recession. So let's split everything down the middle. We've got a booming economy on one side, and we've got a recession on the other side. Does that add up to an average okay economy? Is it a recession? We've got to make sense of all of these conflicting statistics. And to help me out today, I brought back Mr. Stephen Van Meter. Steve, what the hell is going on here? I've never seen this degree of divergence in all of these numbers in key, ver in key places and key parts of the economy. Yeah, Jeff, it, it doesn't make any sense because, you know, whether you have an establishment survey and the household survey, if they disagree and they do that from time to time, but what we want to see is that everything's kind of agreeing and directionally the same. So if we're seeing payrolls increase, like you said, we should see hours, weekly hours work go up, but they went down and a lot. I mean, th these things are just not trending in the right direction together. And it's hard to make sense of it because we know that the economy is indeed slowing. There's a lot of evidence of this. And so today, I think, you know, at least from my perspective, I, if the pay report was, you know, in the 150 to 200,000 range, I would be okay, that makes sense. And then I saw the report and I'm like, what? Like, where did they get this number from? It makes absolutely no sense. And then even better, we revised all bunch of last year's data up to make it look even better. And it's like, what is the payroll group report trying to tell us when we have all this other evidence that says the economy is slowing here. I don't get it. But what I do get is if total compensation goes down because we see that even though the average hourly earnings went up, but hours worked went down. So the end of the day, paychecks are smaller. Jeff, we know how this is going to end. If your checks are smaller, you spend less. That means inflation comes down, demand comes down, and more people get their hours cut. Yeah, that was another key divergence, too, that had, you know, mainstream is talking about the 353,000 January number, plus hourly wages supposedly surged higher. But then you look at the opposite side. Again, this is the, still the, the CES or the establishment survey. We're not leaving this. We're not even talking about household survey yet. Same data source. The same data source and businesses within it said, okay, yeah, maybe hourly earnings went up, but we cut hours to the point that average weekly earnings declined. So as you're saying, Steve, it's okay, if you're one if this if we take these numbers at face value, you're a worker, I got a raise, but an hour I got my hours cut. So at the end of the day or at the end of the month, 
I'm taking home less weekly pay than I did before I got a raise. So is that good? It's, it's, it's just amazing how we keep finding these divergences. And as you said before here, it's not about the monthly variations. We're not getting focused on January here. This has been going on for quite some time already. Just in the payroll reports, you go back, it goes back to last year. So as the BLS revised the payroll numbers uh, for the benchmark revisions, what they basically did is they drew another straight line. That was a different straight line than the straight line they had done before. But even before they had drawn that straight line or redrawn the straight line, the household survey and the hours index and all these other labor, JOLTS uh, hiring rates, they had, done, they, had, they had completely changed their trend. So it's not just we're picking apart one month or, or, or one data point. There's a complete different uh, picture when you, when you look at the establishment survey, the headline payroll numbers, you look at the rest of the establishment survey or the population statistics, they're going in the other direction. And it just, it's astounding the degree to which they have diverged. And there's really no good reason for it. Um, that's, I think, the bigger problem here is we can't really identify what might be the reason behind it other than the unique circumstances of the last several years, the pandemic, supply shock, all of that stuff has it has. We've seen that uh, pop up in some of these statistics where especially seasonal adjustments, Steve, I know you know about that, and seasonal adjustments, they get they get manipulated and they get uh, changed by all of the all of the big, big numbers and the the uh, heavy, heavy differences and divergences all throughout the last couple of years. So we have a real big problem here where none of the numbers are even close to enough to agree and put together a, a consistent, concise picture of anything. Right. Because if you really like think about this, you know, you're an employee, you're out of business and all of a sudden the boss comes out and says, good news, everybody. Uh, we're giving you a raise. Um, by the way, I need everyone to work less. And because Business is slowing. Everyone understands this economy is slowing. And by the way, in that room over there, I just hired a bunch of people and I took down a bunch of job postings. And if you were sitting there and you heard that from your boss, you'd be like, what? Like, I don't understand that at all. And that's kind of where we're at. But then you look at the kind of recent data we just got this week, Jeff. Challenger Gray and Christmas. Boom. Big increase in planned layoffs announcements. Okay. Well, that seems divergent also from you know, the payroll report. Yeah, see, Steve, that's not, that's not BLS data. That's actual real world story. So that doesn't count here. <laughs> well, that's right. We're, we have to say where BLS does not live in the real world. And then we look at the weekly unemployment claims and all of a sudden those started to jump up, not just on a seasonally adjusted, but on a non-seasonally adjusted basis. The continuing claims numbers are going up. So everything is telling you this headline payroll number makes absolutely no sense, but it does. I'll tell you who it's going to make a lot of sense to. And that's Jay Powell on Sunday when he's on 60 Minutes. I guarantee you, you're going to hear that number multiple times. And he's going to be there saying, look, I did it. I brought inflation down. In fact, not only did we not lose any jobs, we're gaining jobs. I did it. I'm the best. Take a bow. Yeah, he is definitely taking a victory lap. And he started doing so at last week's FOMC meeting. If you remember, one of the first things out of his mouth at the press conference, he said, Inflation has eased from its highs without a significant increase in unemployment. And as he's sitting down at, for this interview in 60 Minutes, I would love it if whoever's doing the interview would say to him, Jay, how exactly did you do that? Tell me step by step how you managed to conquer inflation without creating any impact in the labor market that we can tell whatsoever, because he won't have an answer. As you and I both know, Steve, his answer would be, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just trying to take credit for the good stuff here while I still can. 
But that's really the point here is none of the, it doesn't help us sort out the situation of where the economy's going or where the markets are going for that matter. We got to talk about that too, because you can, it's almost pick your poison here. Which way do you want to go? It's completely opposite. You want to follow the GDP number and the establishment survey into not just soft landing, but no landings. We're back to no landing scenario. Or do you look at the rest of the data, which is maybe not the same mainstream stuff that you hear, but it's still valid statistics. And on balance, it is pretty clear that the economy, according to that stuff, is going in the opposite direction. So you can say, okay, what happens during a recession? Because there's lots of evidence for a prolonged stagnation at the very least, if not contraction. So trying to sort out where we're actually heading, it's it's almost like we're at a crossroad where it's either or. It's not both. They can't. They're they're going in complete opposite directions. So we have to almost decide which which one which way do we go. Well, and that's where we'll come back to the data over the next couple of months. Because I said kind of before the show started, and you know, we know that Jay Powell is going to take a victory lap. I mean, he's going to run this thing and shove it down everybody's throat. And right, someone could ask him, "What did you do?" Or how about this? Jay, in your study of all past, you know, FOMC you know, presidents and chairmen and what they did, what did you do differently this time that you thought would make a difference that those academics didn't know? I mean, he would have no answer. But what the question, Jeff, that I have is, will he have an answer, say, in three or four months or six months from now? Where is this thing going to go? Is is Did he do it? Did he do the impossible? Or is this just kind of like you're in the calm before the storm and everything seems real peaceful? And then you look out on the horizon, you're like, oh, crap, that's not going to be good. And that's kind of what I look at the data and see is coming. But yet, then what happens to the stock market day? New all-time highs on the S&P and on the NASDAQ. Why? It's not a soft landing. That narrative has gone. It's a no landing. We did it. We achieved the impossible. In fact, now that thanks to this big payroll growth, we're going to see more people back. Inflation is going to stay low and they're going to go out and spend. That's going to drive corporate profits. And boy, you want to buy every single dip, every little pullback, because this thing is just going to the moon. And also the flip side, right, Steve? It's not just spending. It's also what are businesses seeing in the economy that they feel they have to cut back on hours? Um, and there's really no way to reconcile the headline employment. As you were saying before, we're we're cutting hours, but we're giving you a raise. We're we're letting some people go, but we're hiring a bunch of people on the other side. I mean, it can't be both of those things. And if and a lot of the statistics, including uh, other labor market data, suggest that businesses are indeed cutting workers, hiring fewer, and all of that stuff. And if they're actually doing that, what does that say about their perception of the general economy here? That's why it's an either-or situation. Either they're completely enthusiastic about the future and they are indeed hiring workers, or they're they're saying, hey, I, like you're saying, we're seeing weakness here. It's persisting. We're, do, we have to make adjustments because we've been riding the nominal supply shock for this long and it's starting to run out. Um, nominal changes are slowing way down, so we don't have the same type of cushion that we had from the price illusion before. It's one or the other here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable why people would get confused and say, hey, what, which, which one do we follow? Most people, their sense of the economy is, as you said, the stock market, GDP, and the headline payroll report, maybe the unemployment rate. And those all look terrific, but then you don't know that there's this other, this complete other side of the, uh, the ledger, which is, it continues to go in the same direction. And the other thing that's working in Jay Powell's favor and in the stock market's favor too, is the amount of time here. Because it's very easy to think that, well, 
We've been talking about economic weakness for a very long time already, and it hasn't shown up in any of these other numbers. Therefore, we must be entirely in the clear. But when you look, you step back and look at the trend in all of his economic statistics, more continues to trend in the wrong direction than in the right direction. So while GDP continues to move in the right direction, the Establishment Survey Committee continues in the right, right direction, those are increasingly isolated as more data moves in the opposite toward the household survey or GDI position. Well, you know, Jeff, I mean, the, the recent S&P Global preliminary manufacturing PMI for the U.S. kind of gives us a really good indication. I mean, yeah, it, it went back into expansion, which we could argue is perhaps due to the Red Sea issue. There's some orders that are hitting U.S. manufacturers instead of overseas. But as you dig into the report, you look at the, un, the employment and what did it say? It said manufacturers added a little bit in anticipation that maybe the economy would get better. But at the same time, yes, new orders went up, but they also noted that backlogs went down again and in a big way for another month. And this continues this trend. And so I think it's just a matter of time now, as we know, that once these backlogs are empty, if the new order books do not fill up and fill up quickly, this even this notion that you can manufacture beautiful non-farm payroll reports and get everyone excited, the underlying data, the soft survey data is saying here, hey, something isn't right. Something isn't adding up. And maybe we get the period for two or three months where there's just so much backlog and so much you know, old demand that we get through it. But at some point, it looks like this whole thing grinds to a halt because if you don't have people making more money to keep pace with inflation or get ahead of it, they certainly aren't going to go out and demand more goods and services that drives up the new order book. And that's exactly, again, you look what the report suggested. Yeah, we went up a little bit, but it wasn't anything off the charts. And so I keep coming back to the fact that, as you keep saying, look, some of the data looks amazing. The rest of it doesn't paint a very good picture here. And it's funny, there's another divergence there, too, because it wasn't just the S&P Global Manufacturing. It was also the ISM, right, for January. The ISM improved not a whole lot, but enough that you noticed. So you have S&P Global and ISM on the one side, and what do we have for the Fed Regional Surveys? They all looked really awful. They went in the other direction, too. So it's like, geez, can we please get some kind of consistency in our economic data? But I think even that point, which is the overriding point here, is illuminating and important, too. The fact that we don't have a consistent picture of the trend of the economy is itself an important, important, um, an important sense of where the economy might be going. Because if it was legitimately booming, if it was as the GDP and employment reports suggest, then everything would be at least moving in that same direction. We wouldn't see these massive divergences. We would see, yes, we'd see monthly variations. Sometimes the household survey would drop and maybe it wouldn't completely agree with the establishment survey, but they would be moving in at least a recognizable, uh, same recognizable direction, but we don't see that. And so in a legitimately booming economy, there would be more consistency in the economic accounts. And the fact that we're not seeing that consistency says at the very least, Something is going on here. Something is happening. We need to figure out what that is because it can't be this overriding, complete, no landing scenario because that would be, there'd be more evidence for it. Well, what it's setting up is a data shock. Now, obviously what the market's saying is the shock is going to be that all of this data that's moving to the downside is just going to just jump right up. The bigger shock will obviously 
is be what if maybe next month or in two months we get a payroll report that's 25,000 instead of 300. I mean, that's going to be a big shock to people. I don't think the market's ready for that because everybody thinks this thing's going to continue to trend, but it's obviously setting up that there's going to be a big shift here at some point in the near future. Yeah, it has to be one or the other, right? We have to converge in one direction or the other. It's not like there's going to be some kind of midpoint average. Either all this weak stuff starts to just turn around and go toward the booming, no landing economy, or the booming, no landing economy has to abruptly change and about face and start going down with the rest of it. There has to be a convergence point somewhere down the road. We just don't know where that is. And that's, of course, again, getting back to the time component. As you say, we can never put a clock on this, but for most people who are thinking, I mean, if, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. So let's just, let's follow along with GDP and the establishment survey because everything looks fine. Stocks are booming. Who would possibly be able to complain in an environment like this? Well, certainly not Jay Powell on 60 Minutes on Sunday. Be sure to watch. Make sure you sign up for our upcoming webinar as well as let us know what you want us to talk about. I also did an interview with Mr. Hugh Hendry not that long ago that we went into some of these background arguments and debates. That's the video I've got linked below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. Until next time, take care.